What's up, everybody? This is Grant from Cause Artist. Today, we are chatting with Mark Horazowski, the co-founder of Moving Worlds. And what Moving World is, is a global platform that helps people volunteer their expertise with social impact startups and organizations around the world on their own time or through corporate sponsorships and other various ways. Um, since its launch, Moving Worlds has unleashed over $7 million worth of professional skills across 60 countries. Mark and his team have been featured in Harvest, Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, Forbes, and of course, Cause Artist. Mark also holds a bachelor's degree from the University of Washington and also a master's degree from the University of Washington. Moving Worlds also recently launched their global fellowship program. So how Moving Worlds work is, it's pretty simple. It's a it's sort of a matchmaking service. So whether you're an expertise in web design or social media marketing or accounting or IT or B2B marketing or SEO or sales strategy, they match you with uh, a social impact startup or organization wherever you want to go in the world or even in your local community for an immersive volunteer experience where you can donate your skills um, for a certain period of time. It can be for a week, can be for two weeks, can be for three months, can be for six months. It's really up to you on, on how long you want to um, to contribute your skills for. So it's, it's a really fascinating platform and it's really great for anybody who's looking to have more impact in the world and offer this from the skills that they have gained over the last, you know, five years or decade or 20 years, however long you've been in the, the workforce and, and gain and gained your talents. So we talk about a lot of different things. Of course, travel is a, is a big topic, but also the shift in the mindset of, of companies and their social impact aspirations. So it's really fun. Hope you guys enjoy it. So let's start with what expertine is and what moving worlds is in general. And when uh, you know people ask you what they are, how, how do you explain it to them? Yeah, good question. And I guess sometimes it depends on who's asking. But <laughs> you know, for us, the mission really reigns supreme, which is how do you help build leaders and doers behind world-changing ideas? And I think you know where I'm where I'm based in Seattle. There's no shortage of expertise to help bring ideas to scale. But as you go around to different pockets of the world, you know, based on the connectivity of those communities to the global economy based on the country's own uh, history of growth, of impact, of justice. It can really vary on what skills are available in those communities to help create sustainable change. And where there's a lot of programs that will invest money into businesses or into products our whole stance is how do you build the skills of people around the world? And we do that with experteering, which is motivating skilled and accomplished professionals from around the world to engage with local teams on short-term projects and, you know, in a very immersive uh, project, either as acting as trainers or as consultants or even project-based support, lend their expertise to these social impact projects around the world and doing that not just with the goal of finishing something, but more so with transferring expertise and sharing know-how and experience with people that are working on creating local solutions. So trying to innovate, innovate volunteerism into more of yeah, you know, a I skilled think environment rather than just kind of, you know, going to help with manual labor or, or something like that. 
Yeah, I think I think that's a big element of it, right? Is you know, especially for someone that has been working and you know has oftentimes years of experience either with technical tools or operations or business or sales or marketing, using those to actually support the emerging social change leaders who are doing the most to create sustainable solutions. And so, yeah, we're, our whole focus is if you have expertise, right? If you have a brain, like that's actually, well, that in your time, like those are your most important assets. So mm -hmm. using those in a much more meaningful way and also an impactful way. And I think what what's really exciting to see is that when people go, right, experteering, right, when they go volunteer their expertise for an immersive experience, like it really impacts them as well, right? And they they become more empathic. They uh, they better understand how to work across cultures, right? They're they're more adept at problem solving. They're more innovative as a result of being in this stretch experience. And so it's it's a kind of twofold mission for us where we're helping connect expertise to the parts of the world that need it most. But then we're also imparting more on the people that give. And and what we're seeing now is that those people are coming back and they're creating even more change, right? In in their careers and their own new projects and the way they support other global development projects. So it's this really kind of cool virtuous circle. And travel is, you know, obviously it's it's a central part of, of moving worlds, but it's also a center of a lot of people's lives. And I know it was a little bit of your life before you started this because that sort of created this vision to start something like this with your partner. So just take us back with to your travel experiences leading up to starting Moving Worlds and, and how those experiences, you know, obviously helped in, in creating the platform we have now. Travel definitely is a, is a big part of it, right? And I think there's, there's two paths that maybe I'll walk down on this answer, right? One is what we've actually seen. So I'll start in present day, right? What we've seen here is that more and more we're, 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 laying a little bit off of the travel, uh, still 80% of our projects are travel related. But what we're realizing is that there's just an immersive skills based project, right? Because people do want to stay maybe in their home city, but work in other communities. And what we just push for is saying the, the point of expertiering is, you know, like if you run a small business, somebody giving you an hour a week is actually not very helpful, right? But if someone comes in and can do a sprint for a week or two weeks, like they could really, really support you and get a lot done. So we just, what we really focus around is that immersion. And I think by virtue of anybody who is working on any type of immersive experience in this pro bono capacity, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's at home in a, in a different community, a different you know, state or district or, you know, another country, they're going to have that really powerful and transformative experience. So that, that was kind of, you know, answer one of, yeah, most people are still traveling, but what we're seeing is there's just so much power and immersion and, and moving worlds is actually agnostic. We, we don't care if people travel or not. But yeah, the second part of that is just like my own experience, right? Which it did kind of start through travel. And I think, you know, maybe just, uh, um, this is just like a personal thing that, that I always tend to kind of harp on, but you know, you give me, you gave me some credit in the way you answer, answer that or ask that question that moving worlds was my brainchild or, or I'd come up with this on account of the travel. And, and I'd say that that wasn't totally true. I think what, what really happened is I went on a global experience in 2010 
to spend time in social enterprises communities around the world to see what made them flourish or not. And what I realized is that there is just that talent gap. And as I spent more and more time researching that, really found that there were some reports about how little capacity and skill building uh, was done for that and was kind of rattling in my head, like, how I wonder how I could help impact that. And I had been keeping a blog and it was pretty terrible, but people were following it and people just started to ask me questions of, hey, I'm a lawyer and I've been doing this for, you know, some amount of years and project that you worked with in Nepal was really cool. Could I join or, hey, I think what you're, you know, this, this sustainable organization that you've been supporting in, in Indonesia, um, I want to do something like that. But in, in, you know, my home country of Kenya, do you know anybody that could help connect me? And, and so it really started organically. And it really wasn't until I met my co-founder, Derek, who kind of asked the questions that ultimately made us realize that, gosh, there might actually be a market-based way to support this type of global network. And so, yeah, it's just, I guess it's a personal thing, but I think I was, uh, I never really kind of realized there was an opportunity. People were just like, Hey, like we want to do this. Can you help us? And and then that kind of emerged into, into what it is today. What were the first steps when you guys were, were chatting and, and saw that there might be, you know, an area here where you can build something like moving worlds that can, can really be a catalyst for people volunteering their time and their expertise. What was that like coming up with the idea and, and the platform and just what are we actually going to, to give to, to volunteers or to people who want to give their time? What are the tools we want to build? You know, what do nonprofits need or what do companies need? What do entrepreneurs in the third world need? Yeah. And so I'll, I'll, I'll break that into what we did and then maybe what we should have done. <laughs> right. And, and, and I'll start right by saying, you know, from, from a point of, of how, how, lo how local efforts grow, solve local problems for communities, right. And then in the process, create jobs, right. And we don't care if it's nonprofit, for profit, mm -hmm. you know, we don't care if it's in, in Seattle or, or, or Kansas or Mexico city or, Roby, Kenya, you know, we, we don't, we don't care where it is and, and we don't care what, you know, the, the history of that country is or, or that economy is what we just see are, are people, right? Everybody's kind of on this, I don't want to say level playing field, right? Because depending on, on where you're born and what your background and culture is, right? You will have some advantages over other people, but Regardless of that, like what we just look at as there are people who are trying to develop local solutions and there are market based ways to make those work, which means you can create jobs in the process and ensure longer term sustainability. And what, so, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say when you guys were were thinking about that. What was the market research like? <laughs> Did you guys just call sure. uh, tons and tons of people or, you know, go knock on doors, so to speak, and, and just talk to individuals, talk to companies, talk to startups and figure out what that talent gap really looked like from, you know, there's going to be different talent gaps, whether it's Seattle, right, or whether it's Mumbai or Nicaragua or something like that. 
Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So the first thing that we did was 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 write a business plan, which of course we we ended up throwing away, right? And <laughs> and, and later learned of you know the kind of lean startup, and then Stephen Blank customer development quote years later, right? That says you know no business plan ever survives first contact with a customer, you know. So that's what we actually did first, and and in reality, I think what what we should have done, and eventually we got there, was you know, what, what are our biggest assumptions and then, and then get out of the building and, and go talk to people. So, um, you know, after kind of writing a business plan, trying to get some big grant funds to, to fund human capacities around the world, we ended up with nothing, but we still, what we heard was there was kind of interest, right? And so then it was about maybe 12 months in where we said, okay, let's, let's actually go on a trip and let's go meet with potential volunteers. Let's go meet with social enterprises. Let's go eat with funding institutions and impact investors. Mm. And let's see if we can draw in our conversation problems solved. And and when I say problems that need to be solved, I mean problems that organizations are actually and individuals are actually trying to solve already. Right. And they're either paying too much money or they're wasting resources. Right. For being a social impact organization, I'm still very simple in my thinking that if somebody isn't wasting or spending money to solve a problem, it's really hard to introduce a, a, a market-based solution that can that can work. And so that's what we really went to look for is is who is paying money to solve this. And and around the way, what we found were you know different stakeholders. Of course, we're do, doing it differently. Organizations who are cash strapped don't really have budget to worry about paying for trainings for their employees, especially if they're under 25 people. So we kind of knew pretty early on that there really wasn't budget with organizations. Uh, we went to big nonprofits and foundations and saw that there was a lot of talk about, yeah, let's let's fund early stage and, and we invest in the teams behind the ideas. Uh, but that really wasn't true either. They would only invest or put money into proven solutions. And then so what we realized is that skilled professionals were doing either two things. They were spending a lot of money on professional certification courses or they were paying a lot of money to go on like traditional like volunteers and trips, right? Where maybe right. you go and you spend a bunch of money to go um, spend time in an orphanage or, or dig a well in a community that already has one or, or, mm -hmm. or wash elephants or something. And so we said, okay, let's, let's validate assumptions there and see if there's, right, organizations won't pay. We don't see grant money to build the skills of people right? Only, only ideas and businesses. Uh, and so let's see if there's actually a way to create a really compelling value prop to individuals. And, and so then we started rolling out tests, right? So, okay, we did a survey. Um, of course, it really taught us nothing. The only thing that really taught us is when we started to put up landing pages and, and getting on calls with people and offering a service mm -hmm. and, and then testing, okay, with, well, will people pay for this service, right? Is it solving a need? Is it is it doing a job that needs to be done? And it was really at that point that we really started to get our legs underneath us because we realized, yes, there was a job to be done. People would be willing to pay for it. Uh, and by virtue of all our previous networking, we already had a really cool global network. So we were able to, to deliver on that promise of finding people really impactful skills-based projects. Uh, that would give them a, a free place to live in exchange for their skills. Can you give us an example of what that first iteration was like for an individual to say, hey, I have skills in like web design. I, you know, I want to go to Malaysia. Is there a company in Malaysia that I can go spend a week with to teach them how to 
build a web page and get it on the internet for their company. It, was it something similar to that or totally different? Yeah, it was. Um, it's a good question. So, <laughs> you know, there was it, it was all over the map, right? Some people were like, yeah, like I want a website, right? Others were were saying, um, you know, hey, I want someone to help write us grants. Um, I want somebody just to come to my 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 team and train train us on uh, international sales, right? Because it's a social enterprise looking to, to build out international partnerships. So these early projects are really all over the, the map. But what what we ended up doing, right, and this is always the challenge when you're building a two-sided marketplace, is is you, is you had to chase both at the same time, right? You had to go to organizations mm-hmm. and say, what's your biggest skills need? Right. And um, and and what format is it in? Right. Like, do you need somebody for a week to train your team? Do you need a consultant for a month to help you improve your strategy? Or do you just need somebody on your team to lead marketing for six months? And and we really got a, a, a widespread from those organizations. And then on the other side, we were talking to people saying, hey, here's a sample project, but we have this incredible global network. Um, even if you don't, even if one of these projects isn't exciting for you, right, we guarantee our membership fee. And so we'll go find you a project, right? And then you kind of, you know, so then people would say, okay, like why that project was interesting, but it was in Brazil and I really wanted to go to, to, you know, Southeast Asia. Can you find me a project there? Right. So we'd take their profile, we'd take a sample project, we'd go follow our network through Southeast Asia, right? Go to a bunch of different organizations and kind of do like a reverse matchmaking, like a to man, but what it enabled us to do was really realize what it takes to make matches, and we really got you know in the in the room with both individuals and with organizations to understand you know why they would or would not want to do this, and you know of course at the same time we were trying to build this you know this tech platform that could just scale this and rapidly you know rapidly and radically simplify the whole process. But we learned so much by being overly manual at the beginning. Uh, and I actually, looking back, I would have, I would have even delayed more of our, our, our web development and done more just manual matching, you know, asking even better and smarter questions to really learn like the main pain points. In short, Moving Worlds is the Tinder of skill-based volunteering, correct? <laughs> That's a good question, yeah. I, so here's the funny thing, right? It is, is I'll say, I'll say partially, okay. right? But then imagine if, imagine if you had, right? And, and over the years, right, we've used Airbnb meets Peace Corps, right? I yep. guess tend to be the more sure. modern version, right, for for skills-based matching. But like, imagine, let's say you're on a dating platform and and you send a message to somebody. And then imagine our system being like, hey, that message was, there might've been a better way to send that, right? And, <laughs> and here's a little training based on this step of the process on what you should do. And then, oh, hey, you know, you've made it through the messaging, now you're gonna go on a date. Hey, here's, here's, um, here's some guidance on how to, how to be more effective here, right? And, right, and then let's say the date turns into, into more of a relationship, right? Okay, now that you're at this stage, here's more guidance on what to do with supplemental training as well as documentation. And so, yeah, you know, kind of shorthand, I'll say, yeah, it's a matching site, but I mean, there is a ton of matching sites, mm-hmm. right? And the reason why there's a ton of them is because they're easy to build, right? And, and none of them are actually solving the core problem, which is what happens once a match is made? And in volunteering, especially immersive, that's really important. You know, you need to create a statement of work. You need indemnity agreements. If you're traveling, you need to make sure you're going to be safe. 
visa, you need all these things. So our platform actually, like most of our investment is in that process. What happens once two people have started talking on our platform and how do we then make sure there's the right training, support, resources, et cetera, so that they have a really high impact and safe trip. And then afterwards, we can measure it, you know, a year after and say, yep, what what that connection did was actually create a long-term impact for that local community. The one thing that I that I noticed was pretty interesting was sort of the average length of projects that people go on, you know, and, and usually when you hear sort of traditional volunteering, uh, you know, it's it's especially with a company, it just might be a day, right? Or if you're going to go volunteer abroad, it still might be for five days, you know, six days. But the length of, of you guys' projects are really broad from five to eight weeks, you know, three to four weeks, 13 to 24 weeks. You know, these are the most popular length of these projects. And I think that's what sort of separates the experience that some somebody would have, you know, going on a platform like this and, and really investing their time in an in actual real way that they're going to have returns for the people that they go volunteer for, um, rather than if you're just going for a day, you know, to, to help, to help uh, the United Way or something like that. Not that that's bad, obviously at all, but there's, there's substantial impact that can be made if you go somewhere for a month and train, you know, a team or, or train a company on a specific skill. I mean, that will last forever. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's interesting, right? I think when we first started, we assumed projects would have to be all on the longer side. And it, it's been actually really interesting because every once in a while you do, and not even once in a while, right? I think about 20, 20 30% of our projects are under four weeks. Um, and there's still a decent portion that are even just one week long. And, and which kind of astounds us until we kind of reframe our thinking to say, well, look, as a scaling social enterprise, yeah, sometimes like we hired a UX consultant one time for just a week, right? Or we had you know, this one consultant for, you know, just a couple of weeks. And so we think about it more in that way. Is it in the same way a growing social enterprise or quite frankly, which is a growing small business or, or startup would bring in expertise at different stages of their growth for varying amount of times, right? That's, that's what these impact projects need around the world. And I think that people will engage with us across all those different levels, I think has been a challenge in our own messaging and communication. But to your point, like it also has been really cool to see that people are willing to do this, right? Like they're, they're using their vacation in some of our corporate programs. Uh, people are spending time away from, actually, I need to clarify that statement in, in our individual and corporate programs, people are spending time away from their, you know, from their partner, from even their kids to go on an mm. experience like this. And, you know, and it's super inspiring, right? To see that people are doing it. Yes, there's this altruistic spirit, right? Yes, I want to give back, but also just this greater curiosity about the world and how do we build businesses and economies and systems that can create social good in the act of, of growth, right? Um, and not just be for for growth, right? Or not be reliant on donors. I like the, uh, I like the idea that any skill is needed, essentially. <laughs> I think some, a lot of the times, uh, people don't realize that they actually have really valuable skills, um, especially for growing social impact companies around the world. I mean, any, any little thing 
helps. So did you guys see that as an issue that when, when people will ask you certain things, they were like, you know, I don't really know my skill, but I want to, you know, provide, you know, my time and whatever I can. I mean, everything from brand strategy to accounting <laughs> to, you know, web design, online marketing, like all these things are needed around the world, correct? Yeah. And I think what's, so you're, you're totally right. We oftentimes get that question, right? I've, I've been a project manager at a, you know, at Microsoft for 10 years, right? What, what could I do that could help a, you know, scaling, you know, five to 10 person organization, mm-hmm. right? Or, um, yeah, right. I, I do design, right. But it's always been on, on this. Um, one of the videos that we feature on our moving worlds Institute page, which is like our global fellowship, a like career development program, right. With someone who had done B2B marketing for, mm. for her entire career, right. Director level, super accomplished. Right. But you hear these same questions of like, yeah, but what, like, yeah, what, what would that, what would that work even look like? And <laughs> What, what we always talk about is like the process is more important than, than the outcome, right? The, the inputs are actually more important than, than what we're reporting on at the end. And what people with depths of skills have that they usually don't realize is, okay, yes, they have this skill, right? And that can actually be adapted in many settings, right? But they also understand things like process, right? How do you build systems that support ongoing improvement? Right. So if you're a good project manager these days, right, you can do more than just open up a spreadsheet and help an organization build a work back plan. Right. Mm-hmm. You're looking at that. You're analyzing it. You're saying where are there ways that we could actually deliver things sooner if we use a different project management approach or where are there where is there a slip, right? Where is there a, um, a gap in this process? Right. Or what skills don't we have? What are what are ways we could fill that gap? What do we do in case of emergency? Right. How do we project plan for different results. And if you, if you take those skills to let's say a new entrepreneur who's got, you know, like there's this, this organization in India that's really cool called BMPU that created like their internet of things, monitoring devices for babies to help prevent, you know, early childhood deaths from hypothermia, right? So you've got really cool engineering solution, well-documented problem, local organization with a market-based way to make it work. Right. But you know, the, the engineers that have developed this don't have, you know, the project management skills to ensure that their, their uh, supply chain is, is robust enough, right? They're, they're not design experts. They don't know how to then educate the users of these products, right? Doctors, nurses, uh, patients, right? Mothers, et cetera, um, on how to use it. And so what, what we find is that it's not just to go and, okay, let me help BMPU create visual educational materials for users, right? But it's also, what's the process I go through that, right? Why, why do design thinking process, right? I go interview these people. I understand what they look at. I understand what's been successful in the past. And I use that to influence both visual communication designs, but also ongoing product improvements. And so when you, when you get somebody who has skills and they got to go and show those skills to a local team, okay, that team is going to have better visual uh, materials to improve education. But what's actually even cooler and what's, what's more powerful is now that team gets that process. And even if they're not experts in it, they can start cycling through it to improve their long-term operations and outcome. What has some of the, the impacts been? I mean, you guys probably have a ton of data over the last, you know, seven of eight years of 
of what has worked, what hasn't worked, companies you've seen have, have been successful from, you know, people volunteering with them and really showing them uh, some progress in a certain part of their business that they didn't have. So what, what have you, have you seen from just an impact point of view of how you guys have really you know, impacted lives and companies around the world? Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a good question and it's a hard one, right? Mm-hmm. I, um, there's a lot of foundations and impact investors that I've seen, right? And they've said, we've deployed a million dollars of capital into this organization, right? That was, that was scaling up, right? Uh, and, you know, after our capital, the organization grew and has now touched 10 million lives, right? So they say, our 1 million improved 10 million lives, mm-hmm. right? Like if Moving Worlds comes out and says, oh, hey, you know, we helped connect that executive to write their first international fellowship and we helped them build out their first sales team, Right, and improve their operational strategy. Right, people don't really believe us if we say, "Yeah, our work went to go help you know impact ten million lives." So it's a really hard story for us to to kind of claim impact. And at the end, I think we're always like, "Yeah, but even if we did that, like the the local entrepreneur is the hero, right? They're the ones that mm-hmm. that crushed it, right? They're the ones that developed the local solution. We so we don't want to claim their beneficiaries. There's a there's a quote that, of course, I'll botch now, but it was somebody I speak, I think, speaking to um, the World Bank or the World Economic Forum or United Nations, right? One of these international agencies, and they said, you know, if I if I read the reports of all the nonprofits, right, we would have cured poverty and, and cancer like 50 years ago, right? Because everybody everybody went sure. over. And so I think what you know what we do instead is look to say. Okay, what are the inputs? Like, what do we know that we are helping on? So we we track more, I think, boring metrics, but they're actually more important to make sure we're delivering real change, right? Which is, are we improving the operational strategy and capacity of the organizations we're supporting, right? And and our metrics there, it's like like around ninety percent of the orgs that we that we um, we impact say like yes, like that is a key outcome. Right? Another one is, did a project a project get solved that otherwise wouldn't be solved, and then you know, how much money did you save as a result of that? Mm-hmm. And that's really different for a three, you know, person startup, um, you know, cooperative, making uh, artisan goods ran by females in the highlands of Peru than it is for a a 50 person tech startup in Argentina trying to give patients in Argentina access to their health records, right? One, one you, you help them save $75,000, right? The other one, you help them save thousand dollars right um right but but what's most important is that it actually helps sustain the operations of the organization right the third one is did you benefit by by connection into a global network expertise come they have connections back home they make business partnerships they nominate people for fellowships and awards and grants right and i think we have over about like 80 percent of our organizations benefit from that right and then the last one is did you like did did the leadership team and the key players on the project build their skills, which will make them more impactful in the long term? Right. And again, we're in like mid 90 percent, like 93, 94 percent for that being one of the key outcomes. Right. So what we're seeing is expertiers are building the skills of teams, are improving their strategy and operations. They're solving problems that otherwise wouldn't be solved. And then they're connecting those groups in international networks so that they can they can grow faster and more effectively in the future. 
right? So what that means over time is that we're helping these organizations save money. We're improving their margins, which is then enabling them to do things like, like create jobs, provided that's their goal, right? Like some, some are smaller, that isn't their goal, right? They, they have impact goals or measurement goals. So it's, it's when you deal with humans, it's been a big challenge for us because we, we play in global development, which is so often the conversation is like, well, how much money did you pull? How many lives did you touch? And it's like, well, who cares if you measured 10, like impacted 10 million lives? Like, do anybody still use those wells? Right? Like how many clean burning Coke sticks are just not being used mm-hmm. anywhere? Right? And, and so we, we don't, we don't really look at like a lives touch metric now, admittedly, like we do have some some numbers around it, right? And it's, I mean, it's high, right? The the number, right? We we sent a couple experts to an organization that does uh, uses YouTube as a medium to um, uh, create edutainment content, mm, nice. right? Yeah. And it's it's like tens millions of people across East Africa, and uh, you know, and and we had experts there, right? And and. I mean, I think, I think there's so many different ways to like talk about impact and it's really hard and, and people just don't believe like, yeah, you built the skills of like that one art designer, but like, how does that translate right. to improving the edutainment content? It's like actually a huge amount, like potentially more than capital, right? You get better outcomes, you got get better learning outcomes. So yeah, so it's, it's really, it's really interesting for us. And of course we do track and report on some of our vanity metrics. We have like a living impact report on our website where we show kind of like monthly updates in terms of volume and numbers, et cetera. But for us, the most important things are actually those more of those like input, input things, right? Are we, are we developing the skills, improving the ops, connecting the networks and solving problems that need to get solved, but otherwise couldn't be. The one thing that I'm always kind of frustrated with is it's actually good for innovative people like you <laughs> and other innovative people out there. Um, but our, our universities are, are sort of, you know, very slow to adapt to changing skill sets uh, of the world. And, uh, right. It costs so much to, to go to traditional college and, and then you're hampered with debt and perhaps not even relevant skills to actually get a decent job when you sort of graduate. You know, so I'm thinking that has have you guys approached universities at all? Have they been responsive to um, something like this for, you know, obviously class credit, you know, a course that I mean, this is this is an unbelievable way to to do the internship right for for colleges or your thesis, um, a traveling thesis, so to speak. So has there any been talks with with universities or college, uh, some way to incorporate this into traditional education? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, right? And I'll, I'll almost go back to like our customer, you know, development process from before, right? Of you know, we throw this hypothesis up on the board and we say, okay, how can we validate that? How can we test it? And so what we learned is that a lot of our professionals that were going through our program, that the, the um, right people that had this kind of we call it like our sweet spot of expertise, expertise, right? They're twenty, typically twenty to forty. And, and the reason that there's an interesting sweet spot there is because they've executed usually in a few different roles. They've started to manage or are managing, right? And so not only do they still know how to deliver, but they also know how to like influence and coach. And so it's this like awesome kind of profile of people for expertise. And what we've realized is those people are also, especially the, the, right, the really good ones, right? They're also growth minded, right? They, they, they want to advance career. Maybe they want to start their own consultancy at some point. And 
And so we, we set out to create a professional development program that's about like four years ago to, to say, hey, if you want to go experteering as part of like a sabbatical or professional development, right, or maybe extended vacation time, um, we want to give you extra learning content and coaching so that it's helping you with your next career steps too. And we had all these like interviews with our users saying like, gosh, this would be incredible. And here's, um, you know, I've been, I've been allocating this much budget for professional development or maybe a master's program. And, and, um, and this is what I want in it. And this is what I want to see. This is what I want to learn. And so we started going to universities to say, Hey, we really want to do this. Do you want to be a partner with us? Uh, and I remember one and it's a, it's a (laughs) well-known internationally known university and we we're talking to, to one of their directors for one of their master's program and they were doing some professional certification courses and she you know she said you know look we we have something that's you know kind of like this it's done in a classroom um and you know we really struggle to get you know six seven people per group right you know and, and here you know you guys are you know you're not known in the educational institution you know, whatsoever, like we can't put our name to it. Good luck. Mm. Um, and we're like, not shocking. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, 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 and we're like, and, and we, and we were like, Hey, look, I totally, I get that. But I, I have to be honest with you. Like, that's not what our people are saying, right? Like mm. that's not what all right. our interviews discovered. And, um, and we shared some of that insight back and she was like, well, look, I'll, I'll follow along. And so we ended up launching it right without any university, um, uh, uh, like official certification and, um, right. And we had hundreds of applicants, right. And I think the, the thing there is like people do also kind of like look at universities a little bit like that. And for us, right. What we promise is that like you learn by doing, right. You're going to get out in the field. You're going to be in this just totally unique situation and people learn by experience, not in a classroom. So, you know, I'll say in case anybody's listening, right? Like, you know, I, I lecture at a university, right? I think they're super important. I think they need to innovate. They need to push. Mm -hmm. Um, we are exploring some current partnerships with, with some like, and, and I think it would be wise for us to always, always keep those lines open. But in terms of actually seeing connections there, that a little bit of just like slower moving traditional mindset of education isn't keeping up with professional certification where people want experiences, not classrooms and frameworks. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it saddens me because <laughs> sad because they missed like miss an opportunity, but also sad that, you know, I'm not shocked that it didn't work with them. Right. I mean, it's, it's really tough to, to see how the world is sort of passing them by. Um, because the institutions, you know, are amazing and they're, they are sort of a, a foundation of, you know, communities and, and education and all these things that do help people, you know, grow in life, right. And become, become an adult, right. These, these bedrocks of, of, of sort of systems that college can bring. But the fact is, is that the move, the world has just, move so fast and, and those things, you know, do not work well in the marketplace when you get out into it. It's not slow. You know, it's forever changing. And if your if your skills can't adapt, it'll eat you alive pretty quickly. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. It's just uh 
I'm always fascinated by, uh, you know, education startups and tech startups that focus on, you know, skills and the constant learning throughout life rather than you're kind of in this mindset of I'll do high school, then I'll do college. And if I want, I'll, I'll get my master's. And there's sort of this, this blockage of time in your life where you think you should be educated. And that's totally shifted, right? Now we're on a, a 50 year education journey, most likely in the rest of, of our lives, right? Because everything moves so fast now and new things are, are popping up and, and new things you have to learn to be relevant in the, in the labor, even in the labor force, right? Labor forces aren't going to be necessarily, you know, people you know, moving things with their hands and, and kind of traditional manufacturing. It's, it's going to be, you know, computer scientists are, are going to be the labor movement, right? That's going to, that's how, that's how infectious it is throughout every single business around the world, not even in America. So I just, I'm fascinated by, uh, by companies who look at it from, and you might not even intended this, right? Like you just kind of want to maybe create a platform that offered people the ability to travel the world and, and help people, right? At its base value. But now I think that vision has might grown and it's just, Probably so much more than you can ever imagine, right? <laughs> or am I wrong? Right. <laughs> well, you know, I, th I think to that effect, right, like the 50-year learning journey, right, or whatever, right, however length it is, right, it, it, it's, it's, it's the ongoing one, right? And I think what, what we've just really learned from listening to our users is if a growing, if a growing and scaling social enterprises knows one thing, it's that it's got to keep learning if it wants to create a bigger impact tomorrow. And... Our, our expertise know one thing too, right? Which is if they want the more purple, they've got to keep learning too. And so you actually get these kind of cool relationships where both sides are, hey, look, we're here to learn, right? We're, we're here to do, right? We're here to make an impact, but we're also here to learn. And that becomes a key part of the equation. And I think, you know, we, we actually did hire an, an educator, right? Social entrepreneur turned educator now turned you know, our, our director of our moving world Institute, mm -hmm. right. And he uses the language a lot that, you know, the, the biggest value in our community is that you're surrounded by a community of global learners. Yeah. And some are experts today, but they're going to be social entrepreneurs tomorrow and, and vice versa. And, and I think that just really resonates with the community and, and, you know, almost tying it back to our business model at the beginning. Right. I think people don't really have budgets to volunteer, right? but they do have budgets to make a real impact and they do have budgets to learn. And, and so, yeah, as time has gone on, we've invested more and more, like how do you build that learning community? How do you provide more support and learning to our members on both sides of that marketplace? And how do you show them that, Hey, by entering into this, like individually, we are going to make you more confident. You're going to get better at problem solving. You're going to be more effective at working across cultures. You're going to better identify the type of things that make you come alive at work. And in the process, you're going to make a really cool impact too. And, um, and, and, and when you're, you know, when, when you hit challenges, you've got this global network now to support you. And so, yeah, I think to your point, right? Like, Right. It's why it's why you started this podcast, right? And and for anybody that stuck it out at the end, right? For anybody still listening, it's like <laughs> this hunger, this curiosity to grow and learn. Um, and so it's really, I think we feel really, really blessed and 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 maybe just like honored that um, you know early on people give us time and that you know our our users keep following up with us and they keep giving us feedback and they keep telling us what they want. 
and that you know they've let us you know, do these experiments and, and build in thought leaders and pull in people that are a whole bunch smarter, you know, and then, then our current team, right. Just to like build out like world-class content and, and test it with them and then iterate on it and then improve it and just, just support everybody along the way. And just all the time, just be listening for that feedback, listening for that feedback and realize that, yeah, okay. You know, our, our initial, match.com meets meets peace core right or airbnb mm-hmm. meets peace core platform like people didn't want that right but what people do want is to engage in really meaningful work that makes them feel like they've come alive and and, and that makes the world better in the process and and that's what we support and, and to your point learning is and and community is just such a critical part of that when somebody when somebody sort of signs up i kind of just want to take people through the roadmap of, of how it works from, you know, signing up, um, to searching for a place. Um, do you, do, does a user search for a place first to go to, or would they search based on skill and need, uh, that a company would need? And then you kind of, you know, out of those results, you pick a place to go, um, I guess how does that process work for for yeah great, an yeah great question so 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 we have three we have three main options right so one is hey look I'm an individual uh, I just uh, find me a cool project right here's my profile um, show me the different projects let me choose right mm-hmm. um, right and then of course it's actually up to the the team in the field to say whether you're the right match or not right that's kind of like our individual like. You know, you, you run through, you still get all our support. We still guide you. We have on-demand learning opportunities for you. So that's one. The second one is actually a little bit more of, hey, look, I'm I'm this professional. I've been trying to figure out how to either create social change within my company or maybe switch careers entirely. And um, I I want I want some guidance in terms of where do I even think about where my future career is going to go and how do I use this as a really intentional next step, right? And and so that latter group, we have these two different professional development programs. One's called Impact Teams for people that want to create change within their own company. The other one's called the Institute for people that are doing going through a bigger career transition. And those start with trainings, workshops, cohort building, and, and even one-on-one coaching. So people first kind of set their direction and that they use their expertarian experience really intentionally to build on their strengths, but also stretch them in ways to grow. And so, yeah, both everybody across all our platforms, corporate programs included, also do get onto our platform, right? And they can search for projects by skills, by location, by language, by a bunch, like by local benefits, by a bunch of other things. But for us, the most important kind of first choice is like, hey, cool, are you doing this on your vacation just to go or or are you actually doing this as like part of your learning journey, right? And then you kind of, you jump into these different membership programs and then our platform just guides you. Um, I should say platform and program team just guide you on on how to find a great project and uh, how to learn along the way. Well, the last thing I'll say is that um, the Bill and Mc- Melinda Gates Foundation is is over by you, right? Have you guys talked to them at all about what you're up to? Yeah, they're interesting. So, Occasionally, some program directors from Bill and Melinda Gates have reached out to us to help find expertise for their their um, partners in the field. Mm-hmm. But but Gates gives such big grants. What they actually typically do is they'll give grants to bigger groups who then give grants to more localized umbrella networks. And we would tend to partner more with those umbrella networks that are closer to the field. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, yep. 
Well, I appreciate it, Mark. It was uh, it was a great conversation. Um, I think people will enjoy it. I enjoyed it, which that's kind of why I selfishly do this. <laughs> I, get to, I get to talk to enough, enough, people all the well, time. Look, it's really, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's super, super fun. Well, well, fun to fun to chat, fun to hear your questions. If anybody's listening to this, if I can be helpful in any way, uh, my email is just marketmovingworlds.org, uh, and of course, you can you can find us on on the internet at movingworlds.org. But uh, yeah, really, really fun to chat, Grant, and I uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely.